Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the only thing I want to bring up one more, and then we don't want to about Jim is I watch a clip of Hibbs, his, and I see you wear a lot of t-shirts with rock bands. So it seems like you're into rock bands or, you know, good music, good seventies music. And I don't know if you're just wearing the shirts or what are you wearing there? Uh, this is Miles Davis. So mm. Oh, okay. So you're into good music, yeah. but Jim, I believe went on a rant about Motley Crue. I don't know if you saw his clip. It was the, it was our metal episode. Yeah. We had Rob. We talked about how Motley Crue is just could be sung by boy bands. I think what he said was, "All if you had boy bands sing all their songs, they would make sense." Is what he was saying. Yeah, and he went through and did a like, "He's the one that called up to feel good." Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're basically phony rock stars singing like boy bands. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> Why are you a Motley fan? Or? Yeah, yeah. That was my childhood. That was my childhood. You know, they. Were, I was like 10 years old when they when Show to the so, Devil came out. I want to get your opinion on. And this the only reason I want to bring up Gemma's is, is uh, uh, your opinion on the Motley Crue no, no and their boy band persona. No offense to the guy you tour with, but fuck Jim Jeffries. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Welcome, fellow Lushes. Come on in, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy some cocktails with Dimples and the Beard. I got some big tando. <laughs> hey, fellow lushes, welcome back to another episode of podcast. Po- hey, fellow lushes, welcome back to another episode of Cocktails with Dimples and the Beard. No beautiful lady tonight, but a beautiful, sexy man. Hey, got we got to cater to everything. Comedian, and I want to laugh. Writer, just all around. And huge actor. Good guy. Huge actor. He's big in the acting no, world. No. Forrest Gump. Is there? No, Forrest Shaw. <laughs> Forrest Shaw. Not loud. We'll see how if it bugs him or not. Being called Forrest Gump? Yeah. I'm sure being called one of movie's biggest R words probably is not flattering. He's not R word. Yeah, I guess he's probably more A word, huh? I think so. Yeah. Goofy like that. I don't fucking know. I, I'm not even going to try. You can talk your way out of that one on your own. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I do. And so do the A-moms. And they are coming for you. We just lost any A-mom who was listening. Uh, before our guest gets here, though, I felt terrible because you should. I received such a wonderful, wonderful gift 
for our 100th episode, and I, I showed up empty-handed. But then... Have you worn, worn it yet? I wore it in Belize. Yeah. But then... It's our first podcast coming back from Belize. It is. And I wish I was still in Belize, which is why I'm wearing my big titty rum shirt. That is a great... Anyway, go ahead. I'm what sorry. was I talking about? I don't know. I don't listen to you anyways. <laughs> Fuck, I completely... What were we talking about? The gift. The, yep, I got you a gift, and you shafted me. You got me a gift. I completely forgot. Um, but then, I, oh, I know. What I, I was would never say. do that. But then, I faithfully, I think even that evening, you told me a story about having to <laughs> blend a brandy Alexander in a bowl with a spoon. Yep. And I thought I can, I can, uh, I can make up for this faux pas that I that I that I did. And I invited someone over to have Brandy Alexander's and then said, oh, I don't have a blender. And the worst part about this story is one's even a woman. You invited a guy back to the apartment for Brandy Alexander's that you beat with your hands. And then I put it in a bowl. And I'm like, I can do this. And that was Mar- 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 Marcy Dick. And then to be fair, it was, you know, 2.30 in the morning after we closed the bars down. Anyway. Anyways. I present to you. Hey. Oh, I had it on the Spanish side. We're all Spanish watchers. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, look at I, that. I present to you a six-speed six speed. mainstay. Mainstays, that's the cheap brand from Walmart. I don't skimp. This thing has six speeds with pulse function. I'm going to pulse. 48-ounce dishwasher safe. They don't all, they're not all safe in the dishwasher. Oh, well, there you go. So I can put the base in the dishwasher as well? Yes. Perfect. Stainless steel. Stainless steel blades. You fucking spared no expense. To crush blend grind and puree i'm gonna grind on my brandy like do you know how it, do you know how it does that how with a 360 watt motor holy fuck 360 360 i looked at the 240 but i said no that's not good enough really yeah yeah i upgraded to the 360 i had to go i they had to take me to the back room i said i'm gonna, I'm gonna tear up 360 don't I'm don't gonna tear up don't I sent uh I sent a 480 to a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Randy pre- Alexander's at my place. So I'm pretty sure we need to do a blended drink here in the next yes. little bit. Yes. We, and we definitely drank some delicious blended drinks. Them. Yes. In Belize. I want to get my banana dirty again. Oh, that was so good. I want to do a blended cosmopolitan. No, dirty. No, mojito. Mojito. That's what I meant. Blended mojito with coconut milk. Coconut. That's where I was getting it. That's the key that I missed on that. The ones that coconut. We... Coconut milk makes all the difference. Fuck it does. Mm-hmm. That and I'm not a huge mojito guy. You ever milked a coconut? He's a pro. Yeah, I never heard of him. Coconuts. <laughs> Yes, where'd they come from? You never heard of mojitos? Do they just no blended mojito? Well, they only blend them in paradise. You can't get a fucking blended mojito in Wisconsin. That's true. It's got to be because when I was sitting at the bar having whatever else drink I that he made that uh, yeah, Ed, I saw Edward. I saw Ed, a picture. Irwin, 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 great bartender, made me that was delicious. And then I'm like, what is that? Not somebody who's at the studio. And then he just went, oh, you want to try it? Like that is phenomenal. Blended mojito. Give me one of those to go. But you can't get them. Well, 
It depends if you're listening and believes. And I, you know, what's cool is Jose shares everything. Jose is the only real friend I have. <laughs> I love you, Jose. Uh, I hope you're watching this. I have friends who have been my friends for <laughs> 30 plus years as Facebook friends. Every time I share my podcast, they go, fuck you. And they ignore it. I've known Jose for seven days. The best seven days of my life, I might add. But seven days. I nearly killed him with a golf cart. You almost killed a poor guy. And he still shares he the podcast. What fuck did you have? Okay, I'm done. You, you good? I am. That felt good. That felt good. I had a rough night. I had a rough night. I got home to a mess. My dog's a... <sighs> so I was a little angry when I got home. And you beat your dog. I did not beat my dog. I do not advocate beating. I would advocate just leaving in the middle of the woods. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to some ice cream. Well, I needed that rant, so thank good, you. Good, good. I'm glad he works. And, and yes, Jose I'll see has you. been terrific. And we will see you again, my friend. I'll see you next year, buddy. And we'll we'll bring a blender? We'll bring a blender. <laughs> did your root? Did the fake it might have. It might have, yeah. We'll do some. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll be blending it up. I'm gonna have to. I'll, I'll definitely. I'm gonna have to reach out to them and say, "Give me that recipe for." Them. I like all of. Uh, I'll have to reach out to Trina and say, "Can you get me?" Did you, are you fr- friends with her anywhere? We're getting there. We're getting there. No, do you have her social media? No. How are you gonna get there? You have her number? No, I got it through the, um, the Cap- Captain Jacks. You got her number through Captain Jacks? Her personal Cap- number? No, no, no. We'll we'll get there. What are you gonna just call Captain Jacks yep. and ask for Trina? Yep. Oh, Jose, can you do us a favor? Hook a, hook a brother up. <laughs> Head on down to Captain Jack's. You know what it was? You Sylvia, were there when I was talking. Sylvia, he's doing it for Kevin. <laughs> Go get that number. My we, boy needs to play. We need Irwin's recipe for blend mojitos. And I will still stay at the Airbnb, even if you and Trina do live together. I, I, that Airbnb is my Oh, favorite. absolutely. Yeah. So you're not going to lose a customer. That was the best vacation of my life. I, uh... I've never, I've never had one like that. It was so ever from top. Everything went, everything just went smoothly. Yeah, from top to bottom, man. And Chef G. Now here's what I'm jealous of: that you got to eat there twice. I know, and I only got to eat there once. I'm going back there when we go back there next year. I might eat there six fucking times. I, I, I'll be there too. Yeah, I'd have no problem going back there. I like. I mean, there's there's something for exploring. And that's fine. We can do that for other things. But yeah, I, I one meal a day you, there. You eat two meals a day. You can explore on the other ones. Exactly. I agree. I agree. Um, I agree that that follow, guy's food was so good. Following his Facebook account is terrible. Like I'm every time he posts, I'm like, oh, I'm so fucking hungry. I want your, I want your wings. I want your ginger sauce. If you're ever near Palencia, Belize, finger food delights. Go see Chef G. Chef G's a man. And I know we put out a Belize ep- episode, and people have already. <laughs> Heard this because a lot of people actually watched it. I think it was how we titled it. Well, you're gonna hear it again because I I got a feeling we'll we'll be talking about it for a while to come. Because uh-huh. that that was that I meal was amazing. I'm not sure. I like, it was like for a dollar. Like when I uh when when I'm gonna go like to some place that's like ICU. Let's say ICU supposedly has really good wings. I'm gonna order their wings. And I'm gonna be like, these are shit. <laughs> Throw them at the cook. <laughs> I'm going to bombard everybody. <laughs> this one sucks. And that one sucks. This one sucks, too. I wonder uh, when this thing really takes off. It's, I'm not going to have wings for quite a while. I got When this thing takes off, the podcast, I mean, 
when we start to get we're 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 we are less than a week away from on the, the, the anyway when we when we strike it big forces in the waiting room so hold on but when we strike it big the first thing we do we bring chef g here to be our personal uh, podcast chef yes all right never we'll leave a ship ship those wings to us never leave a sexy man waiting absolutely not all right without further ado Forrest shaw hey i just i just hit you guys up because i didn't know where the, the the link and then i searched my email and it's from last october oh, we're here we're good <laughs> oh thank goodness you know what i did i i came to the studio the studio and uh which is tech his his apartment but I came to the studio and realized i brought my daughter's phone instead of mine so i'm like i hope he doesn't need to message us because <laughs> i did message you but then i figured out um oh yeah you know what i said i'm gonna look on my phone and you didn't we didn't we got bullshit and we're dumb yeah. we're dumb you'll figure that out you need to put on headphones for the no, no you whatever, hear, yeah. whatever you want yeah you're good you're good we're not we're not uh joe rogan audio quality we're not considering <laughs> Whatever, whatever yeah, good, works. Does he have good audio quality? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. I assume so. He's we're we're not um merman podcast quality. We're yet. not. We're not. How about that? Yeah, we're pretty fancy. It's all I, know. I know. I <laughs> know. You got the studio. You uh you really yeah, got I, crazy. You really got crazy on the conch. You really got crazy on the conch shell today. On today's episode. Oh me, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't don't get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a clever little opener. Yeah, Dave loves it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's my personality, anyways. I, I'll do it once I when I feel up to it. You know, right, right. Yeah. So uh, fill us in. What's that? Fill us in on what? What did what, what did you do? He, they play the conch show at the beginning of the episode, and he went he went balls out on it today. Hmm. So on today's episode, so yeah. Normally he's you're I, you've, only, you've only hit that thing once or twice, haven't you? <laughs> Um, I think we've done 20 episodes. I've probably maybe half. Okay. All right. It's a little more than I thought, I guess. Yeah. Cause I don't want to, I don't want Dave to get sad <laughs> that I'm not doing it. You know, I got to give him, give him a little honk. So. Yes. We're, t- we're talking about with Forrest Shaw. We're talking about the Merman podcast that he does with Dave Williamson. So, so thank you so Amongst much for, uh, for, for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So yeah. uh, I, let's I, start. I Let's start with right your demographic. I can tell of your podcast. When I was perusing through, I'm like, I don't know if you guys know that I'm an aging fat man. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. And don't tell any of the pretty ladies that come on, but I love talking comedy. But yeah. the pretty ladies just, you know, it's hard to pass when they say yes. So <laughs> sure. Yeah. But we do we do love talking comedy and with comedians and stuff. They're some of our right. M- and when we see it, and we're like, that fucker's funny. Yeah. yeah. With yeah. our podcast, we'll, we'll we'll have on who we want. We want funny people. Yeah. So let's let's go over your origin story because it's kind of a unique that you went from from marine biologist to to comedian. How do you what what starts the the well, love for marine biology yeah. and the original's love for marine biology as a child? Just love it. Um. Yeah. I grew up in Miami and uh, I grew up on the water. Like I could drive a boat way before I could drive a car. And, um, and, uh, and I don't know, I don't, I don't know if people think it's hard to drive a boat. It is. I don't it is say hard. It. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. It, yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you guys know that. I think yeah. some people, have you ever been to a place that rents boats yeah. and watch people take them out? You can see right away that it's not easy. Like people yeah, don't yeah, know. I, I, no, I, I am surprised when they just give them to people that don't know how to ride a boat, you know, just here you go, go. 
There's no licenses. There's no licensing. For right. Both. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. I, I did. Yeah. I did a little bit of dam- damage to a rental pontoon once, but that's a that's a whole other story. <laughs> so yeah, I grew up on the water. And my family was all very water oriented. Grew up in Miami, and so that was always something that like I was drawn to. And then so I I studied biology, and my I got a job uh, working for Miami Dade County's Department of Environmental Resources Management. Oh, yeah. that's that's official. <laughs> yeah, it's also known as DERM, the Department of Environmental Resources Management. DERM. DERM. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they don't think of these things. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I worked there for I don't know, 12, 13 years, something like that. And hmm. I like stuff like water quality testing, counting seagrass, manatee research, stuff like that. Um, yeah. And uh, I was doing that. And, you know, like anything, as the longer you stay with a job that you thought was a job that you were going to love. And I did love that job. But like you start off on a boat and you're scuba diving and you're seeing like, you know, you're out eating lunch next to a dolphin and you're, it's, oh. just, it's, it's cool. But then the longer you stay with it, then they're like, hey, you're doing a good job. We're going to promote you and then we're going to promote mm-hmm. you again. And then I was just like fat at a desk, like writing <laughs> grant proposals. And I was like, this is not fun. This is not what I, you know. Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to be in a boat all day. That's why I picked the job. But you don't get paid a lot when you're in the boat. That's the thing. When you're, uh, when you're the, in the beginning and you're doing all the grunt work, and all the risk, you're not getting paid anything. Right. I don't, know, I'm, I don't want to shock you guys. There's not a lot of money in science. That's uh, what? <laughs> I, yeah, no, when you hear, when you hear a title marine biologist, yeah. that does sound like something that would pay rather well, actually. <laughs> But I don't, I don't know why you would think that why, <laughs> it, it sounds like a cool job. Like maybe like you could pick up a woman with that, like tell you like, Hey, I'm a marine biologist. Like, you know, I like, I'm swim with sharks during the day. Or something I was like going to say, yeah, or save them. If you tell them you save the man, you're, you're golden. How many Which... times has someone told you they're a marine biology, a marine biologist, and then gotten into a Ferrari, you know, like it's not really. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. To be fair, there aren't a lot of them around here in Wisconsin. No, we don't. Yeah, we don't have a lot of marine biologists. <laughs> oh yeah, you'd have limnologists. Guess no. that. Throw what is that? Down. Yeah, study lakes. They study lakes. Oh, okay. Freshwater. So, yeah. so you never went to school, like college for that? Oh no, I did. Yeah, I went to college. Yeah, they don't just. Oh, give you I thought job. you just like, yeah. like you like just like, got a job, and I'm like, wow, okay, that's awesome. How do you do that? <laughs> Pull them out of the co-op. They're amazing. No, I went to Ithaca College for my undergrad. I went to Ithaca College in Central New York. Some people, wow. um, okay, and uh, and then I had the intentions of going back and getting either a master's or a PhD or something like that, but um, I never did. Everyone else I was working with went back and got that, and then I just got promoted. So it was kind of weird because I was like overseeing people that had a master's and PhDs. I'm like, sorry that I'm getting paid <laughs> more money than you guys now. You really deserve it, but somebody else. Uh, crazy how education works sometimes <laughs> not always the best move sometimes it's just better to stay at the job and work your yeah. way up yeah yeah just grunt it out um and then i started doing stand-up comedy then um is somewhere around i think like 2004 or 5 was my first set i ever did you know it was crappy open mic whatever it's terrible so but, uh, you were doing it as a side hustle while you were while you were still working Okay, when you say side hustle, I usually assume you're making money from the side hustle. I, uh, I, uh, I the first time I earned money ever was probably two two years into it. Oh wow! And I did a show over in like Punta Gorda, Florida, at a Irish pub called Celtic Ray. <laughs> Perfect. They passed a tip jar around at the end of the show, and I want to say I made twenty seven dollars, and I was 
So in oh, two years, yeah. you made $27 in stand-up comedy. Well, yeah, those yeah. Irish, you know, they, they got to save their money for the drinks. They're not going to tip you big. Because <laughs> I, I can say that. <laughs> that is the problem. They passed the tip jar around at the end of the night. Yes. Yeah, right? They were all out of cash. The Irish drank themselves out. <laughs> so that first show, was it a dare? Was it a friends pushed you on up on stage? Or how'd you get involved with that first open mic night? Um, no, I just, uh, you, you got to, you know what? I went out to a lot of them and watched to see how bad I was going to be compared to other people. <laughs> and I remember the first of them, like I went to, there was three comics that went up. One of them was my friend, Al Jackson, who I'm still friends with. He's okay. a really funny stand-up comic. He is a host of a show called Daily Blast Live that is like airs every single day. Um, <laughs> he has a Comedy Central half hour presents. He's done. He has multiple specials and stuff. He's, just to give you an idea, that's where he's at now. Yeah. But when I was watching him, he was already good. And I was like, well, this guy's good. Then the next guy up was a guy named Malik Sanin. He went by Malik S back then. He is a writer on the show, The Neighborhood. Oh, he, wow. uh, uh, he writes, he, I think he has another show in pre-production right now that he's, uh, that he's created. Soup, very funny stand-up. Um, used to tour, he might still tour with Cedric the Entertainer and stuff like that. He had lines on his own and stuff. So these are the level of people. They weren't like doing that then, but they, these sure. were good comics. And I remember just, and there was one other comic and I'm like, well, I'm never going to do this because I was just watching like ringers, you know? <laughs> and then just uh, like a shit show came on after that of people, a cavalcade of terrible comics and <laughs> people that were in. I was like, oh, I can do this. So I was like, <laughs> Now I fit in. <laughs> that's, I was going to say, that's all it takes to boost your confidence a little bit is to watch people who really suck. It's kind of like karaoke night. Like, yeah, just wait yeah. for the worst guy in the room and then go after him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need those people. Otherwise, yeah. you're the worst one. You know? right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, well, so, so how'd it go that first night? I mean, a couple of, was it quiet? And what, uh, do you remember the, a joke that that worked that night? Uh, I remember my, I remember most of the jokes. I So I, it was a bringer show. And it means you have to bring, I don't know if you're familiar. That means you have to bring at no. least 10 people to this early. They don't let you perform. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. That, that's that's I, your entry for you. <laughs> I brought 70 people because <laughs> Jesus. it was, it was at the mind. Yeah. Seven zero. <laughs> um, Overachiever. <laughs> well, you know what happened? I was at the Miami improv and I'm from Miami. And I think, I think most of my friends didn't think I was funny or something. I don't know. And they wanted to come see me bomb. I guess. I don't know. All my, a lot of people showed up to see a disaster, I guess, of some sort. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it was, but um and then i went up there i and i have never been on stage before like even um i hadn't even done like a talent show so oh, wow. i didn't really held a mic or anything i didn't know how to do anything mm -hmm. so i didn't know about like lights were gonna blind you and anything. so i just i memorized my set i had practiced in front of my cats uh, <laughs> did I, you get laughs from them no 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 <laughs> laughs and and that's that's a bad thing because when you're when you're actually on stage if you're not, you, you got to stop when you get laughs, you know, you laugh and you stop, you do a tag, you do, you know, but when I'm practicing, I was just running through it. Like I was reading, you know, I was like doing slam poetry or something. <laughs> yeah, like, um, and when I had jokes about my cats in there too, I think, I think one of the jokes was something about like, I I'm trying to figure out a way to tell my, I just want you guys to know these are the first jokes I wrote. So don't judge me. <laughs> uh, trying, to, trying to figure out a way to tell my cat, that they were adopted 
or something like that. And cause they'd been acting out and I, like one of them had got all nine of her nipples pierced and another <laughs> one something else. I don't know. And then at the end I start singing a song for some reason. It was like a version of Prince's kiss, but then with some other lyrics, I don't know. You do a lot of stupid shit at the end of comedy and like middle of doing that. I was like, this is terrible. And I also somewhere at the beginning of my um, stand-up career had a, had a bit about, masturbating in the shower to the song the devil went down to georgia i think that was the bit i had um, <laughs> these aren't no, I, know what I'm gonna these aren't about, I know what i'm gonna think about tonight <laughs> i'm gonna play that song go hmm a shower at night is that what you're saying <laughs> well oh. i hope you don't think about me when you're, when you're <laughs> i hope i hope not either but we'll see how it goes all right <laughs> but it was it wasn't the worst though. I had some other, I had, I think, you know what jokes I had in there? I had, I had some jokes that were the, be- when you start off in comedy, there's certain jokes that at the beginning work and you mm-hmm. like latch onto those like a life preserver and you're like, well, this works. So yeah. I'm going to keep doing this and hopefully get some other stuff in it. It was about being raised by a single mom. I remember that. And it was like, gosh, I don't remember. It was something about like peeing, sitting down. Um, I sh- my legs were shaved or something. I, I it was I can't remember all the wording, but that worked. Sure. And it's a hippie and didn't let me eat sugar, so I had I only got the grape nuts, and it was a cereal named after a fruit's testicles or something. Else. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, and that that actually kind of worked. I didn't have my timing down yet, and I didn't have anything, but like the nuts and bolts were there, you know. And I was like, okay, that worked, and this didn't work, and, and then you know. Yeah. I got enough laughs to where I was like, well, I'm going to do this again. So I didn't bomb, you know, because when you bomb, you don't want to do it again. Trust no, me. No, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say what, yeah. How hard was it to do it again? But it seems like you, you enjoyed it. So there's a, there's a combination of you, even if you, I'm telling you when you're on stage at the beginning, even if you get five people out of 50 laughing, mm-hmm. you, your brain will perceive that somehow as, five times that and you'll trick yourself like wow i did really good there and that was okay. good whatever and i don't know and, and somehow it's this combination of you want to keep going there's some sort of adrenaline rush there also some delusions of grandeur and probably some some problems with your ego that you need to yeah and and, and definitely most comics are damaged in some way so you're, that you're trying <laughs> to get that. so there's some combination there where i kept going you know and then you know, and eventually you have some really bad bombs and you got to work through those. I almost quit one time. One time yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still haunt you? <laughs> you remember the bad ones, don't you? I'll tell you what it is. You want to know? The, the, yeah. The, the, the word yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That joke that I had mentioned, it was, uh, it was like, I, the masturbating to the song, the devil went down to Georgia. I got it to work, that joke. And in the joke, I would turn my back to the crowd <laughs> and I would pretend like I was masturbating and I would do like the fiddle, you know, sound. Oh, yeah. And then I would be like, do some of the lyrics and then I would say something else that's happening. And then I'm like, and I was like, I go back with my back there crowd and pretend I was masturbating to the fiddle. And that was, that was the gist of the joke. And it was working pretty good just because it was stupid. I'm masturbating on stage. Of course, right. you're going to get some laughs, you know? Right, right. Anyways, the, um, the, the, the manager of the improv at that time, Miami Improv, he said, hey, do you want to do a guest spot this Thursday or Friday? And a guest spot, you know, with a, with a major headliner coming through. Sure. You're going to mm-hmm. right after the MC, before the feature, you're going to do uh, uh, usually seven minutes, six to seven minutes. And but now you're on a real show. This is my first real show. 
it was on a it was on a weekend, so Friday, Saturday. My buddy, aforementioned buddy Al Jackson was hosting. Okay. The other guy, Carl Remy, very funny comic. He still performs now. He's making movies and stuff. Carl Remy, uh, he was featuring, and Gary Owen was the headliner. I don't oh. know if you guys are familiar with Gary Owen. Sounds familiar, yeah. Gary Owen um, is the only white host ever of BET's Comic View. Oh, wow. Mm. <laughs> no, okay. BET's Comic View, it's like, you know, so the his crowd was, you know, was like, they would call it, they call it urban in like their lingo for comedy clubs, but it was, but it, you know, most of the crowd was like, uh, was Latino, black and whatever. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything wrong, but I had never done this masturbating to the devil went down to Georgia. I, here's the thing. Al Jackson was like, what are you going to do out there? I got, yeah, I think I'm gonna do the devil went down to Georgia thing. He goes, you think that's a good idea? Like, do you think these guys even know that song? I go, I don't know. It, it's, it's doing great at all the bars, dude. Trust me. And that's always the sign of a kiss of death right there. So I got there. And, uh, and I should have thought about it more like the Charlie Daniels band to this crowd I might as well have come out with like a KKK hat on or something like that or like this like country music wasn't going to be their jet you know <laughs> so uh, I, could I just... get into the bit and I turn around and I and I start the masturbation part <laughs> whatever, and there is nothing I mean now I'm just pretending to masturbate on stage in silence and doing it <laughs> I turn around, I do the rest of it. Then I turn around and, I'm like, and I start masturbating again. Now people start booing. There's booing going on in the back. Oh. Loud booing. There's booing from different sections going on. There's some women in the front that feel bad for me. So they actually stand up and say, he's trying his best. Stop oh. booing. It's even worse. Like, you know, and, uh, and then, um, and then I just kind of like, you, you're, my confidence has just drained out of my body now. And, but I still have like two or three minutes left of the set. So I'm, I'm done with the masturbation fiddle. Like I turn around and I just, I'm literally in the mic like this. Like, yeah, anyways, anyways for my next bit. I'm just like mumbling into the mic. I have zero and people are still booing, whatever. I got off stage and I remember Al's coming on to take me off and he just made a face. He's like a good friend, but he made a face at me. Because there's one thing that comics really love is seeing their friends bomb. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he just made a face, like smiling at me, like, "Is that fun for you?" And I was just like, "Yeah, oh, God." And I God, even he even warned he you. Tried to warn you. I was just looking at that. Yeah. And, and then um, I tried to sneak out. I felt like I just wanted to curl up and die. I tried to sneak out of there. And one, you know, what's crazy? I, when I was when I was I was sneaking out of there before the end of the show, and um, uh, Al was in the hallway talking to one of the guys that was booing me. I remember seeing him standing up and booing me, and he goes, "Hey, good set." And I go, "Yo, you booed me." And he goes, "Yeah, we gotta do." It. Like it's just like he's trying to be nice. <laughs> um, I had to go with the crowd, man. Uh, and then, so what I did, like years, years later, is I would do that. I would tell that story as the joke. I would, I would tell me bombing, and then. The final punchline was always like, hey, the only thing worse than being booed is being booed while you're masturbating. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm doing this right. I thought that's, that's like, that's, there you go. That's awesome. Build build it as another joke. There you go. Yeah. Was that one of the times you're like, all right, it's not for me. But not every joke works every time for every crowd. You've got, had to have ran into that. Well, it was a, it was a learning lesson where it was like, it was like, number one, I was newer and that joke. I mean, looking back, that joke was pretty rudimentary. It just wasn't a, wasn't right. like a joke I would do today, you know. But also, you, you always read the room too, kind of like uh, and now I you read the saying room. That, like I don't even know if people know this song out there. I mean, maybe, maybe they do, but maybe. And also, it's kind of weird. You're doing like a country, 
So, you know, what's funny is I, I want to say like a year or two later, I had gotten a lot. You just get stronger quicker as the more sets you do. And Gary Owen was back in town and there was a new manager. And I just said, hey, can I do a guest spot on Gary Owen? Like I asked him because they have to ask the headliner. You don't want to ask the headliner direct. And yeah, didn't know him though. Up. And they let me do one. And it was like a redemption thing. I was like, I'm going up there. and I'm going to do a set. And then I had, a, I had a great set. I did like six minutes at a great set. I don't even think Gary Orton remembered me. I think he was just like, yeah, this guy, that's that better. But, um, so you didn't try the masturbation joke again. Oh, no. I, was <laughs> I wasn't doing any of the same jokes. I was doing a completely different set. And I went up there and I, and I had a different, I had a different mindset. There's just so much more confidence. I mean, I, yeah. that's like, that's like five, six, 700 sets later, you know, nice. that it's like, you're in a different world, you know? Yeah. So at what point did you say, I'm, I'm quitting marine biology and just going full time? 2010. Okay. And I quit. I have my resignation letter here somewhere. <laughs> I can read it here. It's it funny. Must... I just found it the other day. I'm going to say it must be oh, good. Yeah? If, you've, if you've hung on to it for 12 years, it must be, it must be a good one. I was, um, I was uh, going through stuff on my computer. I was like cleaning up stuff on my computer and I was um, going through stuff and I found it. Nice. Um, I don't know if I'm going to find it here, but (laughs) but it was October of 2010 is when I quit my day job. I'm not married. I don't have kids. And I was just kind of like, look, I'm not making a ton of money doing this, but I'm making enough to where I think I can do this. And there, there comes a point in these kinds of professions where, you know, there where you got to kind of take this leap. You know? Shit or shit or get off the pot, right? Yeah, and, and and I would imagine your day job restricts you too. So it's now you're free to just do it all the time. And you know what? I was out of. I I would have to take time off because sometimes you would get with these weekend gigs out of state. So you yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'd have to like leave on Thursday, Friday, take that off, or Friday and do like try and get a flight back early on Monday morning, like. Ugh just burning the it was just wasn't it wasn't fair to anyone you know it wasn't fair to like it wasn't fair to to just me and my body but it wasn't, right. wasn't fair to like my 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 day job either yeah and so I made this decision Good. I, I, yeah it's somewhere in here but i remember i, I wrote something to the effect of like i'm gonna I, it's a it, i wrote it on actual it's like a memorandum memorandum memo on mm-hmm. county letterhead because i had to write it like that to submit this like letter of resignation um and giving them the heads up and it was like i was making jokes in it the whole time but you know at, people, at that point people had come out to see me and stuff they knew yeah. that i was a comic and stuff so but i remember i made it funny and i was like oh okay that was pretty good and it was like something i'm leaving this the rewarding and something job and nah, i can't find it actually if i if you if i wouldn't know you're gonna ask me i, I know it's in here somewhere i would have had it right <laughs> but i quit that and then i, I would lived in florida for a little bit and then i moved to la in 2013 to really and that was the next big step of like okay I've, I've done this full time now for three years but let's get out of south florida because i gotta go you know to where i, w- I wanted to be writing on television doing that stuff too as, oh as, yeah so yeah did you uh did you meet dave before you went to la or did you meet him in I, miami i knew he well we both were both from miami so mm-hmm. i met him at, i met him at that same improv um years and years before that mm-hmm. and um and yeah, he he uh, he had a little bit more of a comedy background because he had done some improv troop work and I think in North Carolina, um, or maybe it was sketch work or above. And he he had a, he was a little bit ahead of where I was starting, but around the same time. And um, 
And then he, he, you know, he, I'm sure, you know, his story, he picked up him and his family and put him in the RV yeah. and they yep. pulled around the country and stuff. And so he left to LA and out of Miami before I did. And, um, and I, he kept asking me like, what are you going to move to LA? And when are you going to move to LA? And I'm like, well, I have these cats. I had four cats at the time. Right. So I couldn't, oh, I love, I love that you are a, it's unique in being one of the only men who's a proud cat owner. Like well, I had four cats. They're all dead now, but I had four cats at the time. I have a dog. <laughs> but uh um the uh and I I said, Well, look, I I'm I want to move there, but I got these four cats. I got I can't because you're gonna go to a small apartment when I move to LA. Right. Like, four cats, so I gotta figure it out. And he thought that, that was the funniest thing ever. So he he wouldn't let you live in the RV with him for a couple of weeks, <laughs> you and your four cats. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't that big of an RV. Also, <laughs> my cats pissed a lot outside, so I don't be able to like that. <laughs> so, did you pack up your four cats and move, or did you eventually? But I, he, you know, what he did. He, there's one of those websites, Fiverr or something, yeah. where you just he he sent someone five bucks or ten bucks to draw a picture of me and my four cats, and <laughs> my four cats were telling me to move to LA, and but like he paid for that. That's fantastic. Um, he, he likes to pay for stuff like that. He paid for our theme song famously for the Merman show. Like when <laughs> I was, was gonna say he paid for a love song for you, didn't he? On the first episode. <laughs> yeah, I think he paid like three hundred dollars or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe more. Yeah. He was obviously drunk. his rub is selling well. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, yeah. But um he yeah, he uh I think when his wife uh, we you know, we were doing a show the other night and um it was it's a show at his brewery and his wife was in the back and I was sitting next to her and he was talking about the song that he paid money to. For <laughs> and I think the the amount changed when he was saying it at the show. And she's like, I thought it was like 250. And I go, yeah, I thought it was 300. So it might've been like 400. He paid. I think he even paid more for this song for our podcast. And it's, well, it's isn't that like I paid for, and then he sees his wife. Fifty dollars for the song. <laughs> yeah. She's gonna get mad. I pay more for a love song. I was gonna say, isn't this kind of like a fish story? Every time you tell the story, it goes oh, up. Yeah. Like by the time like he uses this bit all up, he will pay two grand for that song for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I found my resignation letter. All right, okay. let's hear this. August second, two thousand ten. But so my last day of work was October eighth, two thousand ten. So I gave him two months' notice. Wow. Oh. Um. Please let this memo serve to inform you. I'll be resigning my position of environmental resources project supervisor. All very long titles at this place. Um, after more than 12 years of service with the county, I've decided to enter the highly unstable and low-paying career field of stand-up comedy. At, at this point in my life, I feel best to walk away from a fulfilling job in my field of study to instead be judged and often strongly disliked by a group of strangers. This is my resignation letter. Each night as I lay awake in an uncomfortable hotel bed, hoping to make enough money through t-shirt sales to pay for my phone bill, I would take comfort in the choice I made to leave a stable and satisfying job. <laughs> That's on file somewhere in the county, right? T-shirt so, sales? You were th- you're, perfect. You were moving that much merch? Okay, if, oh, you yeah. need to move, if you need to move some t-shirts, he just got to buy it. Every one you got. <laughs> I still have some Eat Babies ones left over. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eat Babies? That's a yeah, that's got to be a bit. Um, no, nah, it's just a mantra. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Never told a joke about it at all. We wanna, yeah, we wanna, yeah. Come on, see ya. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, it's a bit. It's a bit. Um, I still have some. So I don't do the bit anymore, and so I don't sell them anymore. But um, I don't know what size you are, but I've got some. I've got a bunch in a bag. Probably okay. like 
we, we, yeah, we'll we'll trade you shirts. We're sending you one. So, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll for sure. We, we, yep, I would proudly wear that on our podcast. Like my, we were just in uh, Belize, and they, their rum is big titty rum. So, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was Belize. <laughs> Fantastic, fantastic. Have you, ever, have you ever been? I know you travel a bunch, and never been. No, I've never been there. Have you ever been anywhere like in Central America? Um. No, I've never been anywhere in Central America. I mean, Mexico is sure. North America, but I've been there. But I've never been anywhere south of Mexico. And I, I want to go to Costa Rica. I want to go. I want to live in Ecuador from what I've read. That looks yeah. like amazing. Oh. You know, like, but um, Belize would be great. Um, I, I would go anywhere. Like, but uh, Costa Rica Ecuador, is beautiful, too. I think Ecuador is in South America, isn't it? Yeah. 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 But anyways. I so, haven't been anywhere in South America or Central America. That's where I want to go. Yeah. So when I was there, I we did spend a day, and we I got to see manatees that came out of the water for quite a while. Um, it was kind of neat. We didn't, and then I I swam with a shark. Cool. Wait, what did the manatees look like? Were they like freshwater? Were they Amazonian River? So you you were in you were in uh, Belize, you said. Yeah, right? it's the Gulf. Yeah, the Gulf. I mean, they just oh, they yeah, right there, yeah. So they could be yeah okay. They'd come up for air, and then they were fast, and then they'd come up for air, and there was only one, like maybe twice that they actually like kicked the back end, but other than that, they just kind of came up and went around, you know, but we stopped and watched them go around yeah, us. They put their nose up and breathe like that. Yeah. yeah. But, but to a geek like me, it was kind of cool. What kind of shark did you say? A great white, I'm pretty sure, was next to me. It was, it was so. i have no idea it was a nurse um, shark a great white belize but yeah that, maybe but we were, we, were, so. we were told by our the caretaker at our airbnb uh, that it was a nurse shark oh yeah so well and and he no. yeah he said he said the same thing he was like it's not you yeah you're fine <laughs> it's still a shark in the water nurse sharks and i don't know if this is still the the, the statistic but they were the number one as far as sharks that bite humans number one because because <laughs> though people tell the the uh, that guy says shit like that they're fucking nurse shark right now they're not gonna they're not aggressive they're not gonna bother you they don't even have really much in the way of teeth that are gonna injure you except they have those barbs there's probably like two barbs in the front that kind of mm-hmm. like that and because a lot of their food they're they're like inhaling almost their food and stuff like that However, though, people are say that all the time, like, oh, it's a little nurse shark. And they go down and they start pulling on the tail or poking or do something. And it turns around and then pe- they get people get two barbs in their arm and whatever. And it's not going to kill you. Like, I, I don't think a nurse shark could kill you unless you really let it just gnaw on you for a while. I just can't let <laughs> And maybe if the barb went in your throat. And, but, but, um, but a lot of bites happen and it'd be painful and there'd be some nasty infection and stuff. You're not going to die. But a lot of people get bit because people don't respect them. So there you go. I could have got a For- bad infection. Forrest, you're killing me here. You're killing me. <laughs> He's going to call me a pussy the whole time. But I could have got a bad infection. <laughs> well, you, you shouldn't be afraid of it. It's not aggressive at all. Nurse sharks are not aggressive at all. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, in your time, did you ever have like a bad experience with a with a real shark? Did you ever Were you ever <laughs> in danger when you were doing your job? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I mean, you know, sometimes I'd work out on the open and the reefs uh, off the coast of Florida and we would see sharks. We'd see some tiger sharks, but they were like juvenile. So they were, you know, six feet long. When they're six feet long, they're pretty skinny. You know, um, 
And, but, you know, because the, there's only, there's certain breeds you have to watch out for that, you know, I mean, for the most part, you're fine, but the breeds that are, are more like bull sharks are the, are aggressive breeds and not that they want to attack humans. It's just that they have this very high level of testosterone. Okay. And if you're in certain areas, if they mistake you for a food source, that kind of thing, you know. So we used to do a lot of diving in this area called Florida Bay. So if you, you know, Florida is like this and then, you know, the keys, the, yeah. the keys wrap around like that. So that all that water in between the keys in there is like a real key area for like um, estuary and nursery ground for like, you know, small fish and crustaceans and things like that. But there's all big fish and sharks and things and stuff and go in there, manatees and stuff. And so we used to tool around back in there and we used to do seagrass research. We basically were like looking at seagrass coverage and we'd be actually literally counting seagrass blades and shoots, literally doing that. Okay. <laughs> and sometimes the visibility was like, like this, you know, sometimes it was fine, but sometimes it was like this. And some of the areas we'd be in were bull shark breeding grounds. Hmm. And that would be an area where you wouldn't want to run into a bull shark, you know? So Sometimes you just don't have to, you would just dive in and you just be doing your job and stuff, but there could have been sharks. In it. I don't know. So like it's, it, 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 was I in danger? I don't know. I've never gotten bit by a shark, but okay. there was one time that I was on, I was in um the, uh, I was in their counting seagrass, this and that, whatever. And I'm like down there. And all of a sudden I feel like a whoosh of water like that, like a tail or something pushing the way you know like if somebody yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right because and i'm i'm in the water by the way there's two of us one person stays in the boat one is with this long tube basically you don't even have a tank on because so and you're in the water doing it and they're monitoring you they're looking at the boat they've taken some reading someone and they're looking at it and i feel this whoosh and i'm like what the fuck is that and i pop my head up because we're only in like four feet of water and the guy in the boat's like this like waving down like this so in my head that means get out there's something's going to kill you there get out of the water so i'm like <laughs> I'm like that little bit calmer than I was afraid, but I'm like swimming back, looking back. I'm like, what, 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 what's going on? He goes, there's a manatee over there. I go, oh, oh you, <laughs> I go, why did you go like this? You could have been like, cool manatee. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. This is kind of the universal sign for danger. What yeah, you yeah, danger. Yeah. I was like that. Yeah. You could have been like, Hey, fun fact. That's a manatee. <laughs> um we saw sharks in there all the time we i mean i had seen bull sharks when i wasn't in the water there i saw like uh they're called um uh, uh they're not hammerheads um the shovel heads i think that what are they what are they called is that what they're called why am i forgetting the fucking name but they have like a shovel shape but they're in that hammerhead oh, okay. family. um and things like that so um but i'll tell you what bit me the most is a fish called a trigger fish um, never even heard of it yeah you can google it they're, they get pretty Oh. sizable and they're on the reefs okay and man they don't they're very territorial and they've got little little chompers little thing and they'll come up and they'll they'll take a chunk out of you if they, if they don't like you if you're in their area and their territory if you all you have to do is search trigger fish scuba bites and you will find a myriad of scuba divers that hate this fucking fish like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's big enough to where it's like it's an, and if you're not watching out for it, because we'd be underwater, like doing, we're doing, we're not like enjoying, I mean, we would take some time at the end to enjoy it, but most of the time we're like doing work under there. So we're writing right. stuff underwater, we're doing, and I'm like, you're like, dude, now, now you're bleeding. So now there's another problem. If there, that's, that is a, 
brother. Oh, the shovel shark comes. <laughs> so, so when you're when you're in the water, you're getting bit by bit bit by fish all the time. But then it was the desk job that made you leave and go. To <laughs> That's what kills you, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I have one. So, <laughs> so it's a it's an interesting point you said. You know, so you're down there. You're not really enjoying. Did you ever take vacations and dive to just enjoy it? Or you're like, I'm sick of water. And first of all, don't get me wrong. There was like, if we had a dive and we had a job to do on a certain dive, we had tasks we had to cover. There still would be five to 10 minutes of that dive. 15. You're still, you're still underwater. Yeah. You're still in a boat. So even there's still be some moments where you'd be like, all right, this is cool. Or what's that? Let's go check that out before we okay. go up. You still had, you could, you still were enjoying the job. Don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. Even still. Even there was times like where I would just like hang out there and you because sometimes you would be done and you're waiting for someone else, but you're all underwater, you're gonna go up together. So sometimes you just got to sit at like the origin point, I call it where we're gonna go back up to the surface together. And you're just kind of just chilling there and you're still enjoying it. And also, by the way, when you're just floating on a boat and you're eating your lunch in the middle of nowhere on the boat, like it's it's still pretty awesome. You know, sure, so, sure. Yeah. So oh, on our trip, there was a guy, yeah. there was a guy that his job was construction underneath water. But mm-hmm. he was there deep sea driving because he, you know, he couldn't enjoy underneath the water, but he loved it doing yeah. construction. So he was there that's deep sea cool. diving on his own. So that's why I didn't know if you did. It seems have, like you had more luxury. I, I I still I have I went to um the Cayman Islands, the Turks and Caicos. I've been diving. I went to the Great Barrier Reef once. Um, I was down. You know, I I toured with Jim Jeffries and um. And uh, I do a podcast with him as well. Uh, I don't know about that podcast. And um, the first time I went to Australia with him, we were doing some shows up in Queensland. And we were in this area called Townsville is where we went. We drove to Cairns and we took a ferry out there and went to the Great Barrier Reef. And I actually nice. got a scuba tank on in there. And what we weren't like in the parts of the reef that I would particularly want to go to because it was like the more tourist area. But it still was. It's crazy. This was like quote unquote the touristy shit parts of the Great Barrier Reef. And it still is such a ancient reef and the relief is it still was way better than reefs I had seen mm. you know, like like yeah. Miami and still blew them away. Like what yeah. you would see just the diversity and the the relief as they call it, you know, like how high the reef was is like it was really amazing. So so yeah. that was yeah Turks and Caicos has some pretty nice stuff too when I was there. Yeah we've heard that. Um your sister goes down there. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. So yeah. speaking of, how did you hook up with, with uh, Jim and get into the, the podcast with him? I met him. Um, I just met him at a, a comedy club. We, you know what? I, I met him um, at the at, at a comedy club in South Florida and we got along and was like, all right, nice to see you. You know, let's you know, stay in touch, whatever. Cool. And he was kind of on his way up. He was doing clubs, but it was clear. He's this very good, con- you know, because he came from England already, mm-hmm. like you know he was he was cooked he was done you know what i'm saying like, he wasn't like i'm learning how to but he would and he had the strong point of view you know at the time there, he was really well known for his like atheism kind of stuff and yep. his irreverent kind of you know and he was just getting to that point in america where like he was just selling out these clubs and just crushing and stuff and some people would hate him and like walk out but he was getting that fan base that people that love you know oh sure yeah and um, and so I was like, I worked this one weekend. I was like, all right, yeah, cool, nice meeting you. And then two weeks later, we were working another club in Florida randomly, not just oh, like, wow. like, oh, hey, good to see you again. And then the next week after that, I was working another club with them. And I was just like, hey, and we just kept, it was like I kept being linked up with them. 
And we just got along really well. And then as he kind of started to like ascend and whatever, you know, you, you didn't have, you didn't know a lot of people in the States either. And we just, we just hit it off as like friends, you know? And yeah. and he would just call me up like, Hey, I'm coming to the East coast. You want to do all these dates with me? Or I'm, I'm coming out to LA and he, yeah, come stay with me, you know, and whatever. And nice. we, just, we just became friends that way, you know? And, um, and so, uh, yeah. And then, and then when I moved, by the time I moved to LA, it was just right at the time, like he was about to do his next special and that gun control bit came out that what really catapulted him into this yeah. next level. And yeah. And then I, 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 it's crazy that I haven't been to South America or Central America. Cause I've literally been around the world with him to like all of Europe and Asia and parts of the Middle East and well, fun. Yeah. Australia and New Zealand and stuff. So yeah, it was, it was really, uh, I was gonna say you just had a trip to Asia, right? We were we were originally gonna do this like a month ago or something, and you ended up going to Asia, didn't you? I was always going to Asia, but okay. we were gonna do this, and I got COVID like the week. Before. Oh, that's yeah, 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 yeah. And I was Fucking maybe COVID. not gonna go on that trip. Yeah, it was like literally. <laughs> and it's like you know now you can get COVID in the states and it's whatever you can go sneeze on someone they don't care, but <laughs> you do. But um, we were going to Asia where they it's like still there was still a lot of uh, it was it's more strict, you know sure um luckily i tested negative before we went and i got to do the trip and stuff but we went to south korea taiwan tokyo uh thailand went to bangkok um singapore malaysia indonesia yeah so that's a hell of a tour yeah that's a that's incredible you you were opening a forum and then you started writing for a show or I don't know how the timeline goes for that, but he, yeah, I, I had been friends with him for a while and I was opening for him. And um, then he got his comedy central show and I, I didn't start writing right away. I, I actually got hired by someone, one of the producers on the show to work in the digital department and write copy and stuff. Cause I had never fully, I had written stuff before, uh-huh. but not actually been staffed on a show. So I, the idea was go work in the digital department, write like some tweets, write some stuff for Instagram, write some stuff for Facebook, come up with some digital shorts and things like we can do, and then hang out in the writer's room and learn. Oh, okay. And then, and then the second season, I became a a full staff writer. So the second and third season, I was a writer for the show. Is that the first show you wrote for? And then from there, um, I had written a bunch of stuff and I'd written something, but the first full like writers guild show staff show, like for a tell. Yeah. That was the first, my first real introduction to working on a television show. It was amazing. And, yeah. and actually the first year was great because, because I wasn't just thrust into something that I didn't really understand being a writer. And I was able to be in working this digital permit. I kind of was able to roam yeah. the whole all the time. And I, I like learned so much, like, sure not just in the writer's room and digital, but it was just like, Hey, let's go see what's going on. Like post-production or what's going on over here and this, and what's the, let me talk to this producer. And then I'm just going to wander onto the soundstage. And what does this mean? What is this? And like craft yeah. services. All right. You know, <laughs> Learn the biz. That'd be my favorite part. How, how, yeah. good, how good is craft services on a show like that? Like what, what, <laughs> let me tell you, it depends who you hire. Right. Oh, and, uh, we had a woman named Danny on our show and she was, she was, one of the okay i hadn't i hadn't i'd been on a bunch of shows like walked on into the sets with friends and things like that so i had some familiarity with it but um i didn't have a lot to compare it to but um jim this is how good she was she would she would like she made they're given a budget and she would make that money stretch somehow to where like on the shoot days you have like catered stuff elsewhere but she would like have some like some yeah she'd be like oh i made some like chocolate chip 
pancakes and then there's like this cheese spread and then there's like some breakfast burritos and so, this is breakfast i'm gonna clear that out and then the lunch stuff's gonna come in and she, but she was like really creative it was because some places you're gonna just like there's a bag of chips there's some loose cement <laughs> right. you're on your own and there's, there's a tub of water you gotta like bring your own bottle you know but um on jim's sitcom um uh legit he had a sitcom legit on fx which i appear on uh, two episodes briefly but um, yeah, I, want to tell, I want to tell you in the intro before you came on, we made sure to call you an actor because I saw you. I saw you on another <laughs> podcast where you kind of took offense to being called an actor. I've done some acting. I'm not good at it. Um, <laughs> so Dan Backadall, who plays, uh, I think Steve is the guy's character. No, I don't know why I'm blanking on it, but plays the older brother of DJ Qualls, who's in the show is disabled. Yeah, uh, he's an alcoholic, and, and Dan Backadall has been on everything. I mean, he's been. He was he was a Daily Show correspondent, but he's been on like Veep. He was on he's I think he was just shooting something in England. He's been on like countless television shows and movies. He's been on a lot of sets. At my point, he would come. He would come because he's friends with Jim, and he would actually do some stuff for us. And he would just come to hang out and support it. But he told me one night he goes he goes yeah man your craft services are so that's why I come here like it's, it's like it's so good like, because. Like, like it was like legendary to the point where um there was another show that Jim was going to do for NBC and then, and then COVID happened and then it had, they, had, they pulled the plug on it and stuff. And he, that was like one of the first persons he said, he goes, we got to hire her for craft services. <laughs> I think I remember, I think it's Phil Rosenthal who created, uh, created everyone, everyone loves Raymond. Okay. Um, he's got a Netflix show, like what's Phil's eating or what's eating Phil. Or oh yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That's okay. That's him. Yeah, he created. He created. Um, he was the uh, everyone loves Raymond. He was okay, the, yeah. the creator and showrunner of that. And if you read his book, one of the things he says is most important is get a good craft service person. Like this is very important to the success of your show. So Keep everybody like, happy, right? Right? Food, Food makes people yeah. happy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really is because people because you end up there, you know. And if you, it's not a good one, nobody's there. But if you, but it's a good one, you'll like end up there, and you'll see like. Oh, hey, how you doing? It's one of the execs from Comedy Central. Hey, good to see you. Whatever. It's like kind of like a meeting. Ah, sure. Networking, team networking, bonding. Building. Yeah. <laughs> so this how is, was it? Coming from a fat guy here right now. I'm just like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love eating. That's for sure. We should hire craft services for this. <laughs> there you go. Well, we just talked about we're going to hire Chef G to, right? <laughs> um, so, so during that period where you're writing for a show, but you got to mm-hmm. Your writing style different because you're like it's not me telling it on stage. I'm gonna it's for somebody else and yeah, yeah. distinguish jokes you want to give to them and when you want to keep for yourself. <laughs> well, that or, show you know, was that show we were writing a lot of topical stuff. So um, I I I don't think you can think that way. I think if you're writing okay. for a television show, even if if you're a stand up comic, because some people are just writers and they're just writing. But as my personal opinion was as a stand-up comic was like, this is my job right now. I'm, you get paid really well to write for a television show. And if you got a joke, then it should go on the TV show. You know, like if you can, and I, I guess some people might make that distinction, but it's, I don't know. I, I just, to me, it was like, I want this TV show to be going on as long as possible. Oh, so I'm sure. going to put yeah. the best jokes on here because I'd rather be just driving into this studio, you know, and then <laughs> like, hey, we got a road. Honestly, they're like, we have a lobster roll truck coming in today and a coffee cart. Great. Like that was like your day to day, like the perks of doing that, like doing that and getting paid a great sum and great health insurance than, you know, doing 42 weeks a, a, a year on the road. I'd rather do 10 weeks a year on the road or 15 and then do more local shows. And so I still like doing stand up, but like, God, the older I get, I don't want to be getting on. Sure. Yeah. You know? Okay. Have you, so. have you been in Wisconsin? 
Mm, yeah. Have you done you've done clubs here? Have you been in Appleton? We have we're close to the uh, skyline in Appleton. Yeah, I've never done the skyline. So I did um I years ago I did this comedy zone gig in Nina. Nina. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that place is shut down now. Yeah, I bet. I was there with Screech. He oh, I, oh, I remember when he was gonna be there. I <laughs> oh, do remember that. Long, long time ago. I was yep. I was building for him. So I was like, it was a long time ago. But, but I remember also, them advertising because they were bringing in names, and I remember Screech is coming. Yeah. Shit, that that building isn't even there anymore. It's like a bank headquarters now. <laughs> it was like a strip mall kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gilligan's. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, I actually stayed in the condo with him for a week. With Screech, me and Screech. Dustin oh, you got to have a Screech story. Come on, come on. I will tell you this, I because I, I, I also I don't want to speak ill of the dead, right? Uh, but I will say this, and and this I've said this many times. I said it when he died on our podcast. Is I was I went into that week, and they were like, "Yeah, you're going to be sharing the condo with Dustin Diamond." I was like, "What? Okay, cool, still cool though," because you know, watch them on TV. And then I had some comics tell me like, "Oh man, like," and I don't know if they knew this or they heard it secondhand or they just thought. They said, Dustin Diamond, he's a pain in the ass to work with. He's difficult. Um, he's going to, you're not going to enjoy working with him. And I, and they go, oh, do you have merchandise? I said, yeah, I have this eBaby shirt that I sell to make ends. Because when you're middling, you got to sell this merch to get to the next. It's really key. He's not going to want you to sell merch probably. And anyways, just, it's not going to be a fun week. He shows up to the condo with like, case of beer and food and stuff and he goes hey man doesn't that nice we're gonna have a fun week whatever i'm like all right you sit down and talk to him. we're gonna have a great time dude i go up there i go is it cool if i sell a shirt he goes yeah why don't you give me one and i'll promote it on stage two for you so this is way the opposite and um the whole week went great he would promote my merch on there he'd make sure if people were buying shit they'd buy from me to the point where like even like i had a fun week with him he was couldn't That's have been awesome. nice. good then even a couple months later he called me from vegas late one night he goes, yo, someone's doing your joke. There's this joke here that you do about the compression stockings and things. I'm like, yeah, someone else probably does. It's a fat guy joke, you know? And, um, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, you want me to fucking talk to him about it? I go, nah, it's cool, dude. You don't have to. But that was yeah. like, literally, he was like this. Wow. He's got your back, to- man. He had your back. No, I'm not. That doesn't mean he hasn't had run-ins with people. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Things happen. That's fine. But I can only speak from my personal experience. So I felt bad when he died. Because I, I kind of felt because number one, he had cancer and he died really young and people were just making jokes about him. And I'm like, Boy. most people didn't know him. So you should at least, if you didn't know right. him, you should be like, God oh, sucks. The guy died young from cancer. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like from Wisconsin. Milwaukee area. Yeah, he, was in Wisconsin. From Wisconsin. he was from Wisconsin in our area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but I will tell you, there's, there's a place. And I actually, this is the time you got to contact him um, in Clearwater Harbor in the chain of lakes. Yeah. Yeah. There. The Indian Casino. Yeah, no, Clearwater Harbor. It's called. It's like a. It's like a restaurant. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And they have a floating dock where they have bands and stuff like that. Yep. I um I know the owners of that. I'm friends. I, my my mom and and her friends are musicians. Her my mom's friends and they're my friends too. Musicians. They go and they play there in the summer. And I've done shows in that boathouse before, but I haven't done in a long time. And I was gonna try and do one last year, and I couldn't. But this is the. I, I was trying to arrange it like in the middle of the year and it didn't work out but i'm gonna try and arrange something for this summer to be up there so I'm if, you're, awesome. if you're there we're there yeah absolutely. <laughs> you're not far from here yeah that's all we're only 40 minutes from there it's i mean look i'm 
I've been mainly into that area that you're talking about in the summer. So again, it, to me, it's it, maybe it's the Dustin Diamond thing where I'm like, it's great. And you're like, it's great. Why would anyone like ever leave here? And you're like, have you been here in January? Like, no, I haven't been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that, I, that's I, why I wouldn't recommend a Miami guy coming here in January. It's not. It's not pleasant. <laughs> that's a that's a great place. Yeah, awesome. And the lake, all the lakes. I remember yeah. swimming in the lakes, and I. I don't, I would want to ride a motorcycle. It's like something I'd want to do, but I live in LA. So I'll just be pancake and dead. Like I've seen it too many times. But in, when I go, when I've been up there, I'll ride motorcycles in the back. Nice. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. I'm going to worry about deer mostly shooting out right. of a cornfield or something. Or yeah. That's your biggest threat out there. Yeah. Or, or drunks. I mean, we, we do drink a lot here. So yeah, it's true. We do. Yeah. Yeah. You guys so, are um, so your mom, you said is a musician still to this no. day? No. no, okay. No, no. My mom was friends. I was really jumbling that all together. My mom had a lot of friends who were also my friends, as I said, that are musicians that played. Okay. Okay. Or have, have played or still continue to play at Clearwater Harbor in the summer. A lot of them live in the Florida Keys or oh. they live in Central New York and stuff like that. My mom passed away like three years ago. If you want to make oh. this talk bad enough, thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. <laughs> He's good. He's good at that. He fucks it all. I up. am good at fucking that up. So, Scrap somewhere the, in heaven let's playing talk a about guitar your hippie now. mom for a bit. Yeah, scrap that. <laughs> scrap that. Just somewhere in heaven playing a recorder or a, a guitar right now. No, I'm kidding. Was... <laughs> <laughs> who uh who came up with the concept for the the podcast that you do with Jim? Because it's a it's a cool concept. You guys pick a topic that he knows nothing about and find some yeah. expert to yeah with Jim. Yeah. Jim, Jim came up with the basic idea and then we honed it together, me and him and uh, Kelly Zvilsky, who's the other uh, um, co-host on there and producer yeah. of the, and, um, but he, he had the the bones of it pretty much. He goes, I have a good, he brought, I, he called me in his office one day when we were, when, cause we were starting it. We wanted to start it as the Jim Jeffrey show was, we knew it was going to be ending. He goes, I have a good idea for this podcast. And you know, what's funny about it is, and for people that are listening that don't know is it's called I Don't Know About That with Jim Jeffries. And we have each episode is a specific topic. It can be cheese, the Watergate scandal. Kinky um, history. Yeah, kinky history. I, that was that was a good episode. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a fun one. Um, birds. It could be World War II. It could be a wow. Salem trials. It can be anything. We just have to find an expert on that, which... We learned by, with our friend Tom Nichols, who, uh, Nick Nichols, who wrote a book called The Death or Expertises. An expert is whoever knows the most about a certain subject in a room. Because sometimes we'll do a subject and be like, that person isn't the foremost expert on, you know, Coca-Cola. It's this other person. Like, first of all, that person still is an expert and they knew more than we did, you know. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. We get these, we, we pick a topic. Jim does not know what we are talking about. Hmm. I think. I think sometimes people think that we're lying. He never knows what we're talking about. So he shows up. This is why it's his dream job because he's not allowed to prepare. <laughs> this, this, this would be anyone's dream job. You just show up to work. You're not allowed to prepare. You're not allowed to know what we're talking about. For him, it's just like you got to be funny, you know. Yeah. And and then you know, then he guesses what they're there to talk about, judging a book by its cover. It's a segment. And he's like, he looks at him. He goes, ah, I see some something in the background. But, and then I ask him a series of questions that Kelly and I have put together, sometimes with the help of the expert, and he answers them. We see how he did. Sometimes he does terrible. Sometimes he does surprisingly good. And then we go back with the expert and we learn. So I, it's crazy how much I've learned in that, like, um, without knowing that I learned. Like, yeah, just, I imagine. Yeah. I'll just be things that I'm like, oh, I know that. Somehow, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. A, it is a fun concept. It I mean, is, it's, a, yeah. it's a cool podcast to watch. And it's, I mean, it's different than, you know, it's, it's on its own low. I mean, like there's nothing else like it out there. So it's, well, there's people like listen. me that 
to learn something funny mm-hmm. while being funny is a, is a great way to learn. Otherwise, yeah. it's boring, you know. And that's how we it's it's fun. We when we get our guests, we need people that are know about a subject that can answer all these questions. But we also need good sports. We tell you know because we'll tell right. them I'm like like just so you know this. There'll be jokes made and stuff. Like I'll I'll bring it back on track. I'll always steer us back on. And if, <laughs> if there's anything you're really uncomfortable with, because sometimes we have like a professor from MIT or saying, you know, like yeah. we can edit it out. And very rarely does that happen. Like there was one guy that that got caught up in it and started like cursing, and he didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't mean to do it. it out? Don't worry. Like, <laughs> you got caught up in the whole thing. Like, yeah, I'm part of this. <laughs> I was like, let's just get. Now, now that we're. We're like 50 minutes in that didn't yet. Yeah, feel free to curse. <laughs> I think I have. Uh, okay. I, I, I forget to tell people that sometimes. Like we're not, we're not trying to, uh, we're not trying to win any wholesome awards. So. <laughs> so the only thing I want to bring up one more, and then we don't want to, about Jim, is I watch a clip of Hibbs. His, and I see you wear a lot of t-shirts with rock bands. So it seems like you're into rock bands or, you know, good music, good 70s music. And I don't know if you're just wearing the shirts or what are you wearing there? This is Miles Davis. So. Mm. Oh, okay. So you're into good music. Yeah. But Jim, I believe, went on a rant about Motley Crue. I don't know if you saw his clip. It was the it was our metal episode. Yeah, we had Rob. We talked Duke. about how Motley Crue is just could be sung by boy bands. I think what he said was, "All if you had boy bands sing all their songs, they would make sense." Is what he was saying. Yeah, and he went through and did a like. He's the one that called Dr. Fiona. Yeah, yeah. So they're basically phony rock stars singing like boy bands. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> Why are you a Motley fan? Or? Yeah, yeah. That was my childhood. That was my childhood. You know, they. I was like 10 years old when they when Show to the so, Devil came out. Well, I want to get your opinion on, and that's the only reason I want to bring up Jim is, is uh, uh, your opinion on the Motley Crew no, no and their boy band persona no offense to the guy you tour with but fuck jim jeffries <laughs> just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> the the you know shadow of the devil will be a good counter for that because all the examples he gave were were actually pretty good i forget which other songs he's he, he, dr feel good and he had the, um, like in the 80s when they were up more look look we're both giant dave matthews band fans and I don't think there's a band that gets ripped on more by comedians than the Dave Matthews band. So if I couldn't take the joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just had to bring it up because yeah, we yeah. have a battle. I grew up, I grew up, I'm older than him. So I grew up a Kiss fan. And he grew up a Motley Crue fan. So we we just battle. I don't mind Motley Crue. I I I don't I think um I, I think in the concept the 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 in the framework of that episode though, because we were talking about metal and the origin of metal. We didn't really talk about hair metal because they're really in the hair metal category, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were we stuck because the guy we had on Rob Dukes, he was in Exodus, which is like uh yeah, they're heavy, <laughs> they're like a thrash metal. Maybe yeah. right. there were so many different categories. I forget now. Right. But um, but when we watched a clip of them and they, they, their wall of death, where they the people, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but it was an interesting episode. Like yeah, I um, just like the the tagline. I think it was on his on the clip was you know like tell me yeah, I'm yeah. wrong, but Motley Crue is just a boy or whatever it was. It was just that I'm like <laughs> I can't wait to bring that up. It's so, funny because right. cool. <laughs> I've watched a lot of episodes and I I've seen that thumbnail and I've never watched it. Now I'm gonna have to watch. It, so it's a good one, man. He has he, Rob Duke has some cringy stories too, but like in a fun way, like that yeah, boring and. 
Um, he was in studio. We haven't had many people in studio, so he came in. Um, oh, he how was, fun! Yeah, yeah. He's a big comedy fan. He so he's he's always in. I think he started doing stand up too. Maybe. Oh, really? oh wow! Story is crazy. He was just a roadie, and, and oh, okay. um, that, that band Exodus, I believe, originally like Kirk Hammett and was in that created that band. Cause it's like, mm. that's the thing about these metal bands is like, you see, it's like, it's like more so than any other genre. It's like, there's just keep replacing the people. Yeah. Cause it's like, I looked at the Wikipedia for the Exodus and it was like, Oh, this era. And then this era, and then this <laughs> yeah. era which was Rob, you know, who we had 37 in. members. <laughs> yeah. But I think, is it Exodus? Is that, I think that's the one there was one. Yeah. That's, that was Kirk Hammett was originally in it. That Maybe. could be, I know he came from a band like that. So yeah. yeah. We say it in the episode, at least, though. Yeah. Uh, and so, and then, you know, and then, you know, whatever. I guess Metallica was was successful. So, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> he may have chosen right. Yeah, yeah. yeah a little bit. <laughs> I said made some money. <laughs> well, anyways. Uh, so let's... Uh, I think you're appeasing me, but... Uh, I want to talk about your special on, on Amazon. Oh, You've got the, the special poor decisions. Hilarious. And uh, I think it's my favorite ending of a special <laughs> that I, of any special I've ever watched. I love how you... Or all the you must have filmed that in one film, just one show, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the baby. That's the baby's joke from my shirt. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Okay, um, you can, the, but yeah, yeah. Okay. So I okay. So that place we shot it is no longer there anymore. Um, the electric uh, pickle, electric pickle. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, because uh, Hurricane Matthews wiped it out. I know you were like filming during <laughs> that, and you're. No, it didn't wipe it out. But I think I think it was just, it just it was it was like the first bar club in this area that now is um, not the first, but one of the first in this area that's like uh, really a trendy area now, where they have this Art Basel every year, and it's like um, this midtown kind of area in Miami that's really up and coming. But it's in, in and they've had like they had all these like music acts that come through there and DJs and stuff like that. Anyways, I, I was familiar with the people that owned the place. So I was able, I said, this would be a really cool place to shoot because we did not do any set design. It just looked like that. It had that really cool thing, light on the ceiling and had yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. And I was bare bones doing this, this special guy. I, you know, a lot of people, I didn't even know if I wanted to do a special, but I had my record label was helping me put it together, comedy records. And they said, well, yeah, let's, let's take a shot and do this. So my friend shot and it looks fantastic. You know, he, for the amount of money we're spending, I mean, you know, it, it just visually looks great. It was edited mm-hmm. great. Um, I, I'm, I like all the um, material that I did and stuff, but we, you know, we had, we had, what we wanted was around 180 to 200 people in there for this shoot. And um, this hurricane, was it Hurricane Matthews? Is that what yeah. it was? Yeah, you're okay. So this hurricane was starting to come towards Miami and then everyone was telling me, we're not going to come. It was a hurricane. I'm like, I don't think it's going to hit and whatever. And then it, it did this thing where it just kept skirting along the and then it just stayed away but there was weather but it wasn't hitting yeah the day before that i did a radio a local radio program there um used to be paul and young ron but then um young ron was really old and he retired <laughs> and then it's called <laughs> which is a hugely popular show there in south florida and thank god i did it because in the end only 39 people showed up and I believe like I believe like 15 of them came because I did that radio show. Like they heard me and I said, the show's still on, please come out. And then some of my diehardest friends came out basically. Okay. Um, and like, we're doing this. I've already paid for everything. The camera's here. Like we're still shooting this guys. Like I know that it's like a little rainy out, but it's not, there's not a hurricane. You know? 
And that was the only unfortunate thing because 180 people in there versus 39 would be better. Cause when you see it, it still looks great and it sounds good. But like, sometimes like, like the jokes when 39 people laugh versus 200, it's right. like, you know, like, well, that joke still did well. There's only 39 people in there, you know, but, um, and it was really stressful for me because I was like, man, I've done all this time and work to do this. So I would say, I like all the jokes and I like everything in the way I was producing stuff but I feel like I'm a little tight in my performance. Like, cause I'm a lot looser on stage normally. That sure. being said, I'm so happy with the product and everything like that. This is a, this is a, this is a full comeback to craft services, by the way. And, um, and I, I, I'm glad that you guys like it. And I, and I think it's a good, I think all the jokes are good and I still think it's a good thing, but I was like, it was right after it got released and I was like, man, I wish my, I wish I was just looser. I was so tense. Cause I think, and um, I went to the craft service table at the Jim Jeffrey show and there was a guy there and he goes, uh, he goes, Hey man, it was just, a, sometimes they had like people that got like VIP days where they got to go behind the scenes. It was just a guy. He goes, you're for a shot. I go, yeah. He goes, I just watched your special poor decisions. I go, yeah, it's not that good. Huh? And he, Cause I was like down and he goes, Oh, I thought it was good. And I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And then I was like, I was kind of like, yeah, it is good. I was just like really down on myself, like about those things. And um, so I'm really happy with it still, but I just wish that, well, you know what? It's named Poor Decisions for a reason. So I keep <laughs> that. But I, but I, I, do, I, I do love the end where you you deliver the last line. And then in, after in the credits, you realize that you had to kind of recut it because somebody like tipped over a bottle yeah. as you were yeah. delivering the line. Oh, so getting back to that. So we had one day to shoot it. We, we, yeah. we were, I'm sorry. We were going to do two takes. We couldn't do two takes. We had one day to shoot it in the thing. So I'm super stressed out. I get to, they get to the punchline of the last joke and this guy just knocks over a bottle in the middle of the punchline. And I was like, and you can go ahead and watch it. You have to watch the credits basically to see this. And you know what? There's a comic that just did this recently. Stavos. I don't know if you know, he's a big yeah, guy. Yeah. Yep, he did that in his special. I'm not saying he ripped it off from me because he probably didn't see my special, but I was just like, yeah, I did this. And he's hugely popular right now. But um, but <clears throat> so I said we so we did pickups where I, I I took notes in my head, and then one of the producers was like, we got to go back and catch this joke. Let's get this joke. I'm like, well, I got to redo the last joke. So I was like redoing the last part. And if you watch the credits, I'm like, all right, guys, like I got to redo that last part. So I do it, and then nobody laughs. And I was like, well, you guys have to laugh. And they're like, well, we just heard it. I'm like, yeah, I know you just heard it, but you got to laugh because we're recording. <laughs> Help a brother out. Come on. I get you heard it. And so it's me continuing to tell the audience what to do. And then it just is like this clusterfuck of shit. And like, and so you kind of see it interspliced with the the credits. And I think it's great. I like, I'm glad you liked it because I thought that that was really fun. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant to include it because it's, I mean, it just shows you what goes into it. And, you know, that's, but, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a tough, man. It's, it's tough to shoot a special. That's all I'll tell you. Like, it was tough to do it. I'm glad it's out there. And I'm glad I have all those jokes that got, because that was a culmination of a lot of jokes that over the years, that's what you kind of want to do. When people say it's a special, I just want to get all these jokes out there. So there's a, a, a record of them now. Yeah. yeah people see, you know, um, and I'd like to shoot something else like in the future, but, but man, just that experience was good and bad where I was like, man, that was fucking tough. It's <laughs> your first one, right? That's, that's, it's a lot of stress. A hurricane. And the yeah, hurricane. <laughs> Usually you hire somebody else to do it. I'm like, I'm going to produce it all. Don't worry. I got all that. I got that. And I was like, nah, I learned a lesson there. I was like, I'm going to just hire someone to do all that next time. And I'll just- <laughs> so did it, did it go from two recordings down to one because of the hurricane? And just yeah. Okay. Yeah. two recordings down to one because of the hurricane, because people weren't going to be able to show that because people don't want to leave their house. Like, all, it was like, so did you wake like, up that morning even thinking you were doing two still? No, no, it- no. We already knew. I was like, let's just see. 
I was hoping we would get like a hundred people to come, you know? Yeah. And I was like, we got 39. Let's, let's rip it guys. Let's do it. Like it was just like, we're doing it, you know? Yeah. But it's a small intimate place and stuff. And it still has this cool vibe. I think I, I like the way it turned out though with that, but it yeah. was just, it was stressful is what I'm saying. So you guys don't see it, but I'm telling you inside when I was performing, I was like, like I think, yeah, I think knowing the story, I'll probably watch it a little different the next time Absolutely. I watch it. Like knowing that that's, that's the pressure you're under. To... But the bottom line is everybody it's on Amazon prime. Right. You can watch it on Amazon prime. Watch it on Amazon prime. There's another story. Jim is, is says he's an executive producer. He wasn't, he didn't do anything. That would be <laughs> trying to sell to Netflix. And then I, I asked him if I could put his name on there and they, and he said, sure. He didn't do anything. And then, and then uh, when we didn't sell it, we put it on Amazon Prime. They were, I go, hey, Jim's not an executive producer. I'm like, oh, it's already going out like that. But I think secretly they wanted to do that because they wanted to have his name on there. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. But, you know, I've done, I did this all by myself. So I kind of wanted to be separate. And then um, they were like, well, it's going out like that. And then I guess one day Jim and I were somewhere on tour and he went on IMDb to look up something for his on his i guess he was looking up something on a special what a year one of his specials came out yeah and then he goes because he just didn't even remember the conversation he goes did i executive produce your special and i was like no he did because <laughs> yeah, i don't remember doing that and i was like <laughs> i was like you didn't do anything because <laughs> uh, am i owed money i'm like i have not made a lot of money from that just so you know <laughs> buy you uh some mcdonald's from breakfast. <laughs> i'll buy you craft services yeah, right um, yeah. Yeah. right yeah. Yeah. but hey but, um, use it if you got it right i mean that's what friends are for right i tried yeah, yeah so, good yeah. for you you gotta do what you can yeah. have uh have you and dave figured out a time to play ms pac-man yet you gonna get that thing to taken care of that was on the last one i don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet because I'm in, I'm in Florida right now. Okay. Uh, and he's about to leave to Alabama because we've recorded next week's episode. I don't want to spoil, like, you know, how oh, things work. Yeah. But we're ready. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, maybe, maybe we won't come back right before the beginning of February. Yeah. I'm worried now, though, because I, I, I didn't, I, you know, sometimes I just don't listen to your podcast partner. I'm sure that happens to you guys. It does and all the time. He had literally said, I used to have the Miss Pac-Man with the speed chip, whatever. And I didn't hear him say any of that shit. And I was like, I used to have one of these in my house. And then he, I go, well, I used to have one in this house. And he goes, yeah, that's what I just said. I go, oh. <laughs> he's got patterns. I, I go by feel. That's what I said on the podcast. I go by feel. So yeah. I, I've, I don't know. What do you guys think? Pattern or feel? What's your... I'm definitely, a, I played by feel. Not that I played a ton, but yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I'm, I'm not smart I'm enough feel. to figure out a pattern. Yeah, I'm not, right. I'm Jesus. not smart enough to do pattern. But those are the ones that win, I think. I don't think he's going to remember the pattern. That's where I think my advantage That's, is going to be. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would I would just get him a few beers in before this thing starts and you'll be fine. <laughs> you don't, I don't have to like press him to do that. So it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, what, what was. Uh, and by I, the way, we are drinking oh, yeah, tequila tonight. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have any booze here. I was going to drink something. I, I have. Well, this is tequila. I'll just say that this is tequila too. Beautiful. Oh, awesome, beautiful. We forgot to mention because we like to. I did one and butter. What brand did you get? A uh, Cabo Wobble. Oh yeah, Van Halen. There you go. Yeah. You guys are all uh, all about the rock. Yeah, a little. Yeah, it yeah. is. Actually, I, I I enjoy that one. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good tequila. It, you know, it's a it's a smoother tequila. I'm not a huge tequila guy, but I do enjoy that one. No, I love tequila. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't drink a lot of Cabo Wabo. I I've had some before. I just haven't had them in a long time. So, yeah. And what's your brand? 
Well, if if I want to make it, if I'm at a bar and I just want it to be easy, I'll go like Don Julio or Herradura is the ones that I know they'll have. Um, uh, Patron is not really my favorite. And then there's like all these celebrity brands like. Right. Casa, well, Casador is pretty good. The Casamigos is that one I was thinking. But um, man, there's this one brand. And, yeah, I mean, if you're in California, you can get a lot of tequila. You know, it's like. Yeah. It's a, and so there's one called Tapatio, which is also the name of a hot sauce. Some people are like the hot sauce. And it's like a. <laughs> It's a good price, but it's a really good tequila it's called Tapatio. Mm. Like mm. if you're ever in an area that sells lots of tequila, or if you're in Mexico, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, but I don't know. There's if you guys ever go to Vegas, yeah, it's, yeah. I haven't been there in like a decade, but yeah. This is a cool tequila bar there that's like in it's um Mas Por Favor is the name of the taco shop. And yeah. it's like a Vegas kitschy kind of thing, but it's a taco shop in Chinatown course and uh you can get tacos and then right next to it, there's just a guy standing in front of a door and usually you have to make reservations and you go into like this kind of wooden door and then they've made this fake obviously fake like recreation of a narco tunnel okay you now smuggle drugs through and there's actually like some fake cocaine on a barrel and stuff and you walk through this tunnel and then there's an actual bar in the back and mm. it's a tequila bar slash taco bar stuff Ooh. they even have like a thing where you can get like little dime bag shots of tequila margarita with salt like you're on your thing like that and stuff. <laughs> they have so many tequila. it's a fun place to go in vegas with friends you know spend an hour or two in there it's a fun place to go and they got good tacos and stuff okay. um, so if you ever if you ever want to like you know spread your wings tequila wise when you're in vegas i don't know why i'm promoting this bar i get nothing out of it but <laughs> right <laughs> but we now know where to look for when we go next right. time because we keep right. talking about going we have a comedian friend mike mirafield that go that performs there twice a year and we keep wanting to go yeah when he's there yeah, he's from wisconsin right yeah oh yeah. yeah you ever heard of mike yeah yeah I, I haven't seen him in years but i worked with him a long time ago oh that's cool oh, okay yeah, he's really funny yeah yeah. yeah, he was just, uh, we just went, I just saw him in in Appleton Skyline over the holidays. He was here for the holidays, but he's usually at Brad Garrett's uh, yeah, yeah. club twice a year. Yeah, We yeah. keep saying we want to go down there. Yeah, he was actually our first guest on the podcast. Yeah. So and before we did video or anything, we, he was in audio only, so. Oh, nice. Yeah, 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 he's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, I went to high school with him, so I've known him for forever. But Shit, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. With Small Con- world. Yeah, well. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's weird how it feels like there's so many comedians, but then when you like start following comedians on Instagram, like you all seem to know each other. So it's a lot of you, but a tight, small group or something. I don't know. It's comedians that earn a living doing comedy as a smaller group than comedians. Sure, sure. <laughs> True. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, because comedians, there's plenty of people that say they're comedians because they've done it a couple, and I'm not shitting on them all. I'm just saying, yeah, it's, I'll know the one. If you tell me you have a buddy that's a comic that makes a living doing comedy, I'll probably know them. Wow. Guy or girl, whoever it is. Yeah, I'll probably yeah. know who they are. Yeah. And if I, I've, I've never met them, I know their name. You know, it's just, sure. It's just you know, how it is, you know. But, um, and in fact, when it, if I don't, it's always weird. Suspect. Suspect. Okay. How was your uh, How was your experience on uh, Something's Burning? I saw your episode with, with we're, we love Bert. We, we've seen Bert live and looked like you had a, a fun time. It was fun. Um, I, I've known Bert a long time too. And, okay. uh, and um, it was fun. I just, 
It's tough. You know, I, I, I hadn't watched a lot of those episodes. I knew what it was. You go in there and they, they cook the meal and stuff, but it, it's tough going there with Jim because him and Jim are such big personalities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like most of the time I was just kind of in the corner, like just staying out of the way. Like, and I was like, also, I'm such a fatty. I was just like, this food's good. I just kept eating the food and he kept making me like a margarita. I think I was drinking a margarita. I was drinking tequila of some sort. I know that. Uh, <laughs> and so I was probably just drunk in the corner. Like, anyways, yeah, throwing a word here a couple of times. But, you know, what was really cool was to see his whole operation. It's like, yeah. man, he's like, like, I mean, you know that he's, he's out there, you know, yeah. besides all of his podcasts that he does and stuff. It's like when he's on tour or promoting something, I mean, he has got he's got a real crew working for him. And it was interesting to see that because he's become this, you know, arguably one of the biggest comics, you know, in the world, you know, yeah. and and it's not by accident. It's because of all this work he's put in it, but all this behind the scenes stuff to see it like. And I know Dave sees it because Dave Williamson tours on him, but I don't see it, you know. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so that was interesting. But I, I've known him. For, I've known Bert for a, a long time now. Yeah um but that was fun you know it's funny and and the the uh so um for i got so i'm on the asia trip and i get back and i and i i live on the side of a house in la that's these married couple and their kids so i have like their little side house thing okay and they give me this box of mail and there was all sorts <laughs> of shit in there i was like this is fun all the screeners because i'm in the writers guild of the movies and scripts and stuff like that and then i open up this um this one box and it's just it's just a box. It's not marked or anything. And uh, it, then there's a wooden box in it, and it has like some sort of writing on Japanese writing. And I open it, and it's like a knife, like a chef's knife, like a real nice, like like this big. But there's no nothing on it that I can see, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Is this a death threat? <laughs> yeah, I, it's weird to get a knife. And I had a friend live with me, and she was a comic. Um, and she was like obsessed with my Japanese knives. So then I texted her. I'm like, did you send me a knife in the mail? And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't send you enough. Like, and then I go, keep going through my mail and I get to another box and I open it. And it's like a couple of like um, pint glasses that say something's burning and a t-shirt. So something's burning. I'm like, ah, that knife was a gift. It's like, thank you for being on the show. Like Merry oh. Christmas. It was like a gift. I go, I wonder if that knife was, that, that, that makes more sense. You know? <laughs> That came up on a cooking show. Yeah. yeah, that might that might do it. <laughs> yeah. So I texted Bert and I just go, Hey, uh, I think did you send me a knife? <laughs> like, really, like, if you did, thank you so much. If not, it's very ominous. So whatever, you know. <laughs> and then he just wrote back, Merry Christmas. Like, okay, got us. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. But uh, so I got a cool knife for me on the show, which is really cool. That's, That's cool. you'd think it'd have it on like on the handles. But, you know, yeah, yeah. You know what I found out later because Jim got one too, and so then I hit up Jack Hackett, who's Jim's assistant, who's on the podcast a lot, and I go, and, I, and then I hit up Jack. I was like, just to make sure, I'm like, did Jim get a knife from? And he goes, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> then I got a message, and I think it was from Bert's wife or whoever was organizing, it and said, hey, yeah, it's from us, and there's, I guess there was something in there that said it's from something's burning or Bert or <laughs> whatever. But it was, she goes, it's really hard to read and you can barely find it. And I don't know where it is. <laughs> so it meant, the intentions are there. And I was like, okay. But it is still weird to just open up a box and there's a knife yeah. in there. Yeah. It's it's one of two things. It's it's a threat or it's like the it's like the beginning of like, you know, Kill Bill 3 or something where you're just like, okay, I have. Yes. Or you, have a, or you have a stalker. 
Oh. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of things. But I, I, I had some origin story coming on where I was like, okay, this is my knife, and maybe it's like a Jason Bourne thing where I'll be jogged back in the reality, <laughs> trained to use blades to kill people. That's a that's a fantasy I have. So and then you find yourself flipping it. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then uh, you know you're back in the born days working the knife skills <laughs> yeah i gotta bang my head or something yeah. <laughs> um but you're so you're, you're you're busy with podcasts obviously you're the ones you're doing um not that you prefer but how, how do you juggle those do you have the certain days that you do the good question merman <laughs> different days you do the yeah yeah you we know about that we, we, yeah well the, i don't know about that i was doing first and it's harder to get the guests for that one. So we usually prioritize that one. And Dave and I try to record the Merman one on Tuesday. And I just tell Kelly, like, hey, if we can try and not do this one on on Tuesdays. But we'll see. We actually just, we're switching the I Don't Know About That podcast over. We're going to be on the All Things Comedy Network. Oh, okay. And we're going to be recording in their studio now instead of Jack's living room. We, it would be like our seventh <laughs> place that we record the podcast. <laughs> Um, and so we're going to be more on a regimented timeline there because now we're going to be using in their studio. <clears throat> so, um, that will help because, you know, well, you have I'm, a set schedule. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's like, I'm in Florida right now. I'm doing, I'm not even working on stand up or a podcast in Florida. I'm, I'm, uh, I have over the last, um, three years I've been working on, I worked on a show called the Connor Moore show, which yeah. was on, yeah. and on those, um, like writing sketches and, and jokes and things for that. And now I am working on a new show that is that will be coming out on um I don't even know if I'm allowed to say actually. So mm -hmm. exclusive an exclusive. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it or not. So because they haven't even done promos for it yet. But it's a new show that it's gonna be on golf. So we're here okay. shooting sketches and stuff like that. And like that's we're literally doing that like like six in the morning tomorrow or something like oh. that. Wow. But, well um, obviously yeah. Your reputation has gone around that, you know, from writing that you've gone from one show to another. So that's, I mean, you gotta, gotta give yourself kudos for that. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the ego boost. I just, you know, well, I work for quesadillas. So it's pretty, <laughs> your writing yeah. must be, you know, working. How, that's how you, awesome. Have you not learned? Don't compliment comedians ever. <laughs> There's my boss. I like right. to make it feel uncomfortable. Chips quietly. Is that what you're trying to do? Just open them. Just rip them. Can you hear that? <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll edit it out in post. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we're not gonna. <laughs> we love the odd uh, stuff going on. Yeah, add some flavor. Well, why don't you uh, go ahead and promote? Thank you so much for for joining us. We'll let you uh, if you oh yeah up and record doing something at six a.m. We'll... Listen to uh, the Merman podcast with Dave Williamson. Um, please listen to that. It's it's a fun podcast. Uh, we shoot the shit. We talk about a lot of different, a lot of water things, Miami, Florida, stuff like that. Um, but it's a fun podcast. And then I don't know about that with Jim Jeffries. It's a podcast we've been off for this past month because Jim has been in Australia uh, recording a game show. But we're back at the beginning of February. So all new episodes. But there's about 130 episodes out now you can listen to. So plenty of stuff to listen to. And then go to forestshaw.net. That's my website. You can see when I'm doing live shows and stuff like that. And my special poor decisions on there, on my albums and all that stuff. And yeah. Awesome. Thanks thank for having me on. No, thank uh, you so much. We appreciate it. It's we, been a joy. We 
we love talking comedy. We're we're always floored when we can get a, a comedian yeah, to actually just, come on and talk to us. So I can't wait to be in your Instagram grid next to all these women and just my <laughs> face there too. Yeah, hot, hot, hot. We'll fo- yeah. we'll Photoshop a couple of them around you. And- yeah. All right. <laughs> Promote before the episode we, that way. Yeah. Before we go, so your hippie mom named you Forrest. Is that your true name, Forrest? And what was Forrest the origin of that? That's it. Yeah. I I just think that's your name if you were if you're conceived like in a Volkswagen camper van in a state park in the seventies, that's the name you Perfect. get a forest or fern <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. They're not going to just be like, you know, like you know, this is your, yeah, you're right. I love it. That's it. That what's that? The, the joke about, well, never mind. Yeah. Well, don't, don't tell jokes. <laughs> Why you ask God? Uh, two dogs fucking. <laughs> that's oh yeah. About, yeah. That's about, right. Yeah. Your mother's name, you know, while you were born, and I looked out the of the teepee, and it was a beautiful sunset. So we named her Sunrise. Yeah, then your yeah. brother was born, and it was beautiful. Why you ask? Two dogs fucking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ruined the joke, but I'm drunk, so yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You might want to edit that in post. That joke down there. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. Thanks for us. Uh, tell Dave we said hello. And, I will. Uh, we appreciate. We appreciate. It. We Thank do very appreciate much. your time. All right, guys. Take care. Right. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. The tavern is closed for now, but we'd love to have you back for more fun next time. Seriously, though, get your asses out of here. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid. Electric acid.